Welcome back, good people of the world, to Gab with Gwen podcast, and we have our MVP, Slim. Woo! I know what place ain't nobody crying. I think it's time for some Negro spirituals, y'all. Lord Jesus, you about to crack the audio in these people's ears. Um, it is so, you guys. We are recording on Wednesday, the seventeenth of June, mm-hmm. in preparation for this Friday, which is Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Yes, June nineteenth. So, yeah, we haven't recorded since the world blew up with all the black people shit going on. No, I mean, because you did some emergency episodes that helped me get through these dark times. <laughs> Thank you. You sure did. And now we are now we are celebrating Juneteenth with Nike, Adidas, and everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, Everybody's on board. Cuomo's making it a, 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 a state holiday for government employees. So, <laughs> you know, I'm laughing. I'm just laughing at all of this because 2020, the world is upside down. Yeah. Now, black people, we've known about Juneteenth. And it's been kind of like a quietly celebrated thing. That's just been our thing, to be honest. But now we have all these corporations tap dancing and shucking and jiving. They sure and, are. I mean, just... Off the chain. So let's just start for those of you who may not be in the States or may not be familiar with what is Juneteenth. Slim, you want to break it down? Well, Juneteenth, because Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, but a lot of slaves didn't know they were freed, I think, until two years later when a general rolled into Texas and told them they were all free mm-hmm. on June 19th. Correct. Correct. So this is from Galveston, Texas. Yes. And, you know, people celebrate it because, and I guess it really commemorates freedom and achievement and, you know, different people around, you know, I think predominantly in the South and it's come more to the North where black people may celebrate it, et cetera. And honestly, some, some people celebrate it instead of the 4th of July. Which I was, I was planning on doing this year already. Actually, Blackish, the show on ABC has, mm. they've done a Juneteenth episode. I remember that too. They've done it where, they, you know, they try to teach people, teach these devils. They try to teach people. I do enjoy me some Blackish. So do I. I don't like Black AF, as you guys know, which is like a spin on Netflix, but <laughs> I do like Blackish, all right? Juneteenth is like a portmanteau, okay? Of June and the 19th. It's also known as Freedom Day and Jubilee Day. And Cell Liberation Day. Oh, I never heard that one. Listen, girl, I did a little research this time. Now, although people are technically celebrated, and now we have all these corporations jumping on the bandwagon, I do have to say, for me, Juneteenth is actually very bittersweet. And for me, it's bittersweet because emancipation happened two and a half years earlier. Mm-hmm. And people will say, quote unquote, news was slow to travel. Ain't no news was slow to travel, okay? No. People, the slave masters, the white folks were taking advantage and just letting it rock and they weren't paying attention. And you know, it had to be a general who came through to let them know two and a half years later. So for me, it's, it's also heartbreaking. Right. You know, for me, it's also heartbreaking. So it's very bittersweet because, yes, it's 
freedom but at the same token it's like damn like listen to the story of what happened technically yeah they were free and didn't know well delayed freedom right Oof. Oof. which we're still kind of dealing with exactly exactly um and i think i read somewhere like a lot of those texas slave owners had moved out to texas in hopes that the the Confederate States would actually win. Mm-hmm. So, what can, I mean, what can we do? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of times I think a lot of people kind of celebrate at churches in Texas and then it spread across the South. You know, I think it gained popularity again, like kind of in the 70s and 80s. And like I said, Blackish, you know, recently within the last right. few years had it on TV. And so people will sing some traditional songs like swing low sweet chariot you know come home to carry me home oh yes right? yes and lift every voice and sing which is the black national anthem <laughs> and three different things like different writers maya angelo and the canon of black writers so basically have a cookout blah 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 and you know people celebrate it so this has been like a very blackity black 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 <laughs> type of Celebration. celebration yes yes and now the revolution has been televised the revolution is on social media getting corporized correct the revolution has been corporized girl <laughs> can we talk about the corporization of the revolution well you know nike i kind of feel like i can give nike a pass because they put colin kaepernick in an ad ahead of everybody like they seem to be in the forefront because they know black people are what keeps them afloat with all those damn shoes. But everybody else, I'm like, mm, who y'all trying to fool? Mm-hmm. And I think my my issue is I'm, I'm glad black lives fa- finally matter to these corporations. But what about black careers? Can they start mattering, too? C- can I get an amen? OK, black yeah. careers matter. But let's. So let's talk about this. This is the thing. Black Lives Matter, people need to understand that Black Lives Matter when we're alive, not just when you're killing us. Okay? Yeah. Oh, good point. So part of the message is, you know, stop wrongfully, unjustly, brutally slaughtering us in the streets. Right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it also means our lives while we're living matter. And it also signifies that people really need to look at the systemic racism, the institutionalized oppression and white supremacy in this country and how it manifests itself in everyday lives with black people. Right. Because it's all related. Recently in Atlanta, a gentleman, I can't remember his name, was just murdered. You know, he was sleeping in the parking lot. Oh gosh. Is it Two Rashawn? shots in the back, yeah. Yeah. And let me get his name because that's not, you know, that's not right for me to not his though. I'm going to Google it and get his name. But um, he, you know, shot in the back. He, you know, he may have been intoxicated. And, you know, I saw some video before the shooting. I didn't see what happened. Right. It's Rayshard Brooks. Okay. May he rest in peace. Rayshard Brooks. Four kids. Four kids and a wife, mind you. And this is the thing. And that, you know, I always say the police is just the most obvious case because it's so honestly not to be funny black and white whereas like you really don't value black lives because white people get the benefit of the doubt and are able to 
just get a slap on the wrist or a pack on the back or say, okay, go home. The man offered to walk home. He's like, look, I'm fine. I'm yeah. in the car, blah, blah. I can walk to my sister's block. Now you want to arrest for what? If that were a white person, you wouldn't do it. And so there needs to be an acknowledgement because a lot of people will listen to this or listen to anyone else who's saying something like this. And will say that, well, if they just complied, if they just listened, right. they're always doing that. But that's bullshit because you're always moving the pole. Because when people right. comply, they don't, you don't. So it really isn't about that. It's and if, 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 if. The only if is if he wasn't a black man. That's the only if. Preach. Preach. Testify. Okay. Mm, this is gonna, we're going to get spiritual on y'all because it's Juneteenth now. Facts. Facts. Listen, you better testify, Slim. Because... <laughs> That's what it comes down to. So you're like, oh, he's drunk. But you know what? If you know you're dealing with someone who is intoxicated, who, number one, was not driving, he was not putting anyone in danger, he was actually sleeping. So did you even need to bother him? You decide to do it. He offers to walk home. Nine out of ten times with a white person, they would let them walk home. And I think you guys don't, you just don't realize it. You're like, oh, you guys are just making it up. But it's not true. This made me think about different things that have happened in my life. I think we can use Amy Cooper, easy story again. No mm -hmm. big deal. He's telling the dog, you know, get her leash, put a leash on the dog. The woman is not abiding by the rules and now makes up some bullshit. I'm going to give you guys an example of I was in college and I took Al Italia. Okay. It's Italian airline. And mm -hmm. let me tell you, because of that experience in Al Italia, I'll never take that shit again. So I went and there was it was in college it was i was with a white girl eastern european girl and mm -hmm. we were traveling together right so we walked through airport security random security my bag gets checked she i was like i said i'm gonna get checked she's like why i said i just know <laughs> i walked through they choose they choose me randomly i'm like okay yeah that was random okay fine right and this this is a while ago right this is not you know this is a while ago, guys. So I'm like, all right, random. She's like, huh? I said, mm -hmm, girl, I know. Then next thing, we're on Alitalia. This, yeah, you guys, this is all before TSA pre-check, okay? Because your mm -hmm. girl Gwen got pre-check. So I wish a nigga would, okay? <laughs> but I got global entry and all that shit. Same now. here, girl. Okay. It's the only way for black people to fly. Woo! Okay. That's, <laughs> listen, you got to equip yourself with all these things. I got global entry. I got Nexus. I got all the little things, baby. And I haven't gotten clear because I just morally have been trying to figure out how I feel about clear. Oh, uh, I'm not doing clear. They got to scan your eyeball, right? I know. That's what nah, I'm uh 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 uh. Even though I'm like, I know I gave y'all all my fingerprints. I know I spout. I told you guys I've done DNA tests and all. So I know y'all, I know the government can clone me. I know this. <laughs> but I just feel weird with them like scanning my eyeballs, my retinas. No, not doing it. So anyway, all of this to say this is before that, right? So you know, listen, it wasn't easy. So they quote unquote randomly pick me. Then we go on Alitalia first and last time I took that airline. And we're sitting there, the... We're in coach, and I was, like, in the middle seat between the girl and, like, a random Indian man actually sitting next to me. And this is a time where people had, like, um, CD players. And, like, a, what do you, what are they, what were they called? A Walkman? A Discman. A Discman. Okay. A Discman. I'm aging myself. Let's say I had an iPad, okay? <laughs> I had a, I, no, let's call it, a, what was the thing? iPod. Let's call it an iPod, right? <laughs> I had a quote-unquote iPod, right? And... The woman was like, turn it off. You know, we're about to. I'm like, okay, I did. And she was like harassing me. And I was like, 
The flight attendant? One flight attendant. Flight attendant. And she gave me so much attitude. And I think we had switched seats. So she thought I was the other one. She was calling me, like, in the wrong name of the girl. And I'm like, that's, that's not me. And she was just being very rude to me. And the girl at one point, she's like, why is everybody being so mean to you? And I was like, hmm, I wonder. <laughs> and, I, and I think it's... I love how Europeans get a pass on racism. She, I think, well, I didn't say that. I, I didn't say that. I didn't say they get a pass at all. I think I've been very clear in a lot of my episodes that like, they do not get a pass. I know. Well, Gwen, you, you speak truth, but everybody is like, oh, the Europeans are so, more, so much more sophisticated. They're not as racist. I'm like, but that's where we learned it from. Thank you. Colonialism, that's hello. That's what we learned. For, and let me tell you, as a person who spent a lot of time in Europe and lived there, I'm telling you some of the shit I've seen there. I could tell you, listen, I could tell you stories and stories. There's a girl, I should ask her. I went to college with, I should ask her. She would be interested in coming to podcast. A couple of girls, because like I said, you guys, I spent a lot of time in Europe. I was in Spain and with a, a black girl. We were walking down the street. We had gone shopping like crazy. Like we had all mm-hmm. these bags, Zara, H&M. Like we did a lot of crazy shopping, like all these bags walking around and we're speaking English, right? And remember we walked past a theater and there were some boys, maybe t- late teenager years walking by, you know, sitting on the step and we walked yeah. by and they started making monkey noises. And we were like, what? Like we were talking and then yeah. we're like, wait what just happened? And then we turned around like curse my English, but it was like, hold on. Did they just make monkey noises because we walked by? And this is in the 2000s, you guys. So don't be like, oh, this is a, like, this is in the 2000s. So mm-hmm. it wasn't that long ago. And I've spent enough time in Spain and I could give you tons of stories about shit that's gone down that I was, you'd be like, what the hell? So all of that to say that, you know, Europe does not get a pass and you guys pretend yeah. like things are all good and it's not. And so I, I, for me, I take it really personally when you have this false narrative and then you look down on America like, oh, it's so much worse. No, it's not. Yeah. We it's learned not. it from you. We learned, we learned it from, from you. you. We did. It's you just know. our ground was very fertile for it to take root. And And we're just culturally, Americans are more casual and open to conversation so it's more of a conversation openly here even though it's not enough it's still something that could be said black people can be vocal and say it here yeah. when you're a black person in Europe whether you're African you know directly from the continent or you're from Western Indian descent or even if you're American you go there everyone's going to say no 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 yeah you no. can't be black and proud that's that that's an American thing you're, you're yeah. bringing American problems here and I'm like that's not an American problem and You know, I work with a girl who's, you know, here from Europe on an assignment. And we've talked about what's going on. And, you know, she's very open, very open. What country is she from? I don't want to say because the podcast, you know. Oh, okay. So very, you know, Eastern European. Okay. And very nice girl. And she's open to the conversation. And she's like, well, in Europe, it really, I said, she's like, in Europe, it's not really, you know, come up. It's different. I said, hold up, hold up. We have colleagues in Europe, and I know you know people that I know in Europe, okay, from the office you came from. I said, I've taught some real conversation with them long before all of this happened. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to go ask. I said, maybe you need to have the conversation because what you're saying to me is not I, – I don't think that's the case because I've known these people for years, and we've talked, and this, the problems are very similar, 
right? Now, there are a couple, not, not a couple, there's like one person I know who's in another, you know, there are multiple European offices where I work, so I can talk about multiple countries. So someone else who's like, oh no, it's different. I'm like, bitch, if you don't shut the fuck up. And at least <laughs> the one thing is that the other people in Europe were like, nah, sis, it's not. So I felt, I felt good because it wasn't just us being Americans and loud. Yeah working for an American company being loud and her saying it, the other Europeans were like, I don't know what you're talking about. What everybody is saying is true. You know what I mean? So, you know, I just think there is, it's just more formal in other European countries and people are much more apt to just deny it. Yeah. And unfortunately some of the black people might deny it too, but come on. We learn from the best. That's all I got to say. Yeah. So, Anyway, all that to say, it's, it's very real in Europe. And so I'm, I'm happy to see the black people and other people standing up and protesting and all that stuff. What do you think now? It's been a few weeks now. I think we're going to the fourth week here. Mm-hmm. Of All right. So Black Lives Matter. There's still protests. There's still things. The news cycle, though, is kind of hushed. It. They're not putting it in the forefront anymore. Mm, well, you know, let's. what was the gentleman's name who got shot in the back twice in um, Atlanta? Rayshard Brooks. How can that cop shoot that guy after seeing what happened the last two weeks? So my issue is like, we we can have Juneteenth, we can have Nike make it a paid holiday, we can take Aunt Mama and Uncle Ben off the box, but these protests are still not sinking in with white people. They do not think Black Lives Matter applies to them. Well, they also think they're above the law. Yeah, but I just like, of all the times, not to kill somebody wouldn't it <laughs> wouldn't it be this week oh, girl no no because you know you can get away with it You've so that so that just proves it. to me that that because i think my frustration is that a lot of these white people don't think they're the culprit mm-hmm. they think they're above the issues but i'm like if you're letting your niece who's unqualified take that job from any minority who's more qualified, then you are playing a role in systemic racism. But this is the thing. Do they know that the minority, the black person, let, I'm going to keep it very specific okay. to black people. Do they know that the black person is more qualified? Because I have to be honest. I'm not criticizing it, but and I, I think I brought this up when I talked about Alexis Ohanian stepping down from the board of read it and I didn't think he did it the right way okay okay mm-hmm. and so from civil rights movement you know some of the acts that were passed 1964 1968 we got into the 70s where there became like okay well how do you put into action there would be like quotas right right and so in theory and in principle that makes sense to me it's like okay well we have a problem so now you force the issue where you just from a numbers perspective you're going to have to hire it you know in order to help push the needle and change this system and give people equal opportunity, equal access, right? EEOC type stuff. Right. However, this is the tricky thing. When it came to affirmative action and quotas and things like that, I personally feel and have seen through my own eyes and experience that racist people and not just white people, racist non-black people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. have manipulated that to undermine it and they've manipulated it by saying okay if you want 
me, you're forcing me to have black people here, where I'm going to get the idiots off the street, anyone who's not qualified, anyone who's shitty, I'm going to fill your stupid quota. I'm going to fill your stupid affirmative action. And now it's diminished where like, well, see, I told you they were no good. I told you mm-hmm. they weren't smart. And so now it there's a stigma. Right. So there's a stigma with affirmative action. There's a stigma with quotas. And so anytime you do anything, people are like, well, you know, you you know why you got it. It's not people don't think that you've achieved anything from your merit as a black person. They think it it was a handout. Well, even if they were in the eyes of white people, I feel like we're always going to be unqualified. And I agree. I agree. So you can put the most qualified person in there and they're going to automatically assume you're there. Because of affirmative action. Correct. Correct. So that is the problem we have now, right? So there, when you are a person who is, you know, exhibiting black excellence and you are the best, things like that, they're diminishing you, that saying that, oh, you got it. And I've experienced this myself. And right. I, I was actually telling my cousin about, I remember being in high school and I was saying it, you know, when I was in school, I was in like all AP classes. I was always a gifted and talented, all that stuff. And when I got to college, I remember, and I'm not going to blame white people. So I was always in class with a lot of Asian kids from where mm-hmm. I grew up. And the Asian kids side-eyed me who knew me and I got good grades with them. Or I'm not like, mm. and you know, <laughs> Mm, you know why you got that. And I want to be very specific. Indian from India. All right. Mm, So mm -hmm. I want to be very specific. And so, yeah, I'm busting shots right now because it's true. And I've experienced that. So Indian American and who grew up in the same system, everything like, "Mm, you know, you got that because you're black. And they feel that they've been, things have been taken away from them as Asians. Right. Because they think that black people are getting handouts and they're not. We've gone down a whole rabbit hole. <laughs> I want to take it back because that's not the point. I want to take it back to the affirmative action and the quota and Black Lives Matter and the corporate piece. And Juneteenth. Yeah, I want to take it back to all of that. The problem, you, know, you made a point that white people don't think that they are contributing to the racism or systemic Right. I, I really feel like they don't think they're part of the problem. No, they don't. They, and they also think there's no problem. They think black people are complaining. Look well, at Oprah. Look at Kobe. What else do you want? You guys are successful. Yeah, I just feel like they think they voted for Obama and now they have a pass. And they, since they're not the ones trying to protect the Confederate statues and they have their teeth, they don't see themselves as part of the problem. But, we're, no, I, feel, but I feel like we all need to be reprogrammed. Well, they don't think they're part of the problem. Yeah. They don't even think there is a problem, really. They're like, oh, it's the police. That's it. And they don't realize how every facet... Who is saying that? How can you say it's the police? Because that's what they're protesting. The dead people, people getting murdered. Yeah, but it's, it's, tri- it's a trickle. It trickles down to the police. It is, but is that even the message that's being communicated? That it's trick- that this is a bigger issue well, at, you know, at a macro level? I think what the problem is, we're hearing a lot of buzzwords like Juneteenth, systemic racism... But what are we going to do to solve it? Well, they're doing it. They're donating money to Al Sharpton and different charities. Well, and Black Lives Matter, they're donating it, which now everyone's questioning, well, Black Lives Matter is a poor profit. So where the fuck is the money going? Okay. But I, my thing is like, you don't have to donate anything. You need to change your behavior. You, yeah. need, to, you need to look inside of yourself, stand in a mirror, look at yourself and check yourself 
and say, hey, let me, let me think back. Was there a time when I locked my doors because I saw a black man walk by? I agree. But that's a hard conversation and no one wants to be racist. People think that it's being called a racist is worse than, than actually being a racist. They think being called a racist is worse than racism. Well, that's, I just, I just, I just don't think we're going to get anywhere if we don't address our internal issues. Well, I think part of the messaging needs to be that black lives matter in every capacity, not just when we're dead. I mean, that right. is, that we need to be really clear. Or with the because, cops. Yeah, with the cops. With, yeah, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, the dead part is with the cops, right? Yeah. So that's implied. So people are focused like, yeah, oh, you know, that's, a lot of them are marching because, yeah, this is wrong police brutality. But holds on, let's pull it up to the bigger macro level. It's not just that. And right. this this impacts every facet of our lives. Correct. And, and I think people also like, well, you're not slaves. I see athletes. I see rappers. You guys are doing well. But, but that that, is, that's like getting struck by lightning. Or that's like winning the lottery. That's one in a million. It's one in a million. And that is not a testament to the state of black people in America and around the world, socioeconomically. That's not it. Okay. Because you know what? Who is the black Jeff Bezos? Mm. Who is the black Bill Gates? Right. Let's talk about it. Take take out fucking entertainment. Right. Because it actually yeah. is offensive to me. I have to be honest. And I get really get offended. Even though I'm doing this podcast and it's like somewhat entertaining because, you know, it's it's humorous in certain ways. And I make jokes. I make light of stuff. But also try to give you nuggets of knowledge, too. And also a voice that's different than the celebrities and all that stuff. I get very offended by black people <laughs> aspiring to be in entertainment and by people saying, well, you're okay because we have these athletes and all mm-hmm. of these things. It, to me, that is just an extended minstrel show. Well, and you have it's because we've give been them- pigeonholed. We're yeah. being pigeonholed. Either you're an entertainer or you're a criminal. And then the problem I have, though, is that because the minstrel show has extended, where it's like, okay, we, we'll, we're going to pay these minstrels. So these minstrels can now be rich and then they can hobnob with the Kardashians and white people and feel like they've arrived because mm-hmm. they have money. But what I don't like is then then those same people have now become the leaders. And so everything that we're trying to do for black people is around that. So when we're talking about Oscar, so white and blah, 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 like that's cool. But honestly, that's rich nigger problems. And I don't care. Right. That how does how does that help? Because everyone's like, yes, I know we need representation. I know, yes, we need to see better things. But you know what? I am tired of black creatives being the only fucking blacks that we see. Mm-hmm. I just get tired of it. Because it's like we're only entertainment. Like you're going to be in some entertainment or some sports actors. Come on. There is so much more money to be fucking made, by the way, guys. So let's yeah. also talk about that. There's a lot more money and a lot of other things going on. I guess because that's all people see. That's why you go for it. But you should not be happy. And I hate that they dominate the discourse. So that's why I had that episode. We talked about it. Don't Mm -hmm. listen to celebrities. Yes. And that was about the Joe Biden thing. But it's actually very dangerous. We're in a very dangerous moment with social media, with everything, where the people who are driving the discourse about what should happen with black people are entertainers. That's fucked up. That is not going to help the black community. It's right. not. It's not. Right. It's not. We need black 
doctors. Okay, there's so much racism in the medical. Oh field. gosh, yes. We need black doctors. Okay, we need more black nurses. We why are you know when you go to the hospital, it's the the receptionist, the the security guard, all the entry level people are black. When it comes to nursing, there are black nurses, but the majority will be the techs, this you know the people who are mm -hmm. CNA people who are lower level. But who's the nursing manager? Who's the chief nursing officer? Who are the surgeons? Who are the anesthesiologists? Who are the radiologists? Come on. We need black people in these roles. You know, these are important roles and we need it for our own health, right? Because yes. we're not being treated well. Our survival. But it also, yes, it's a lot of money to get to school and do it. But there's also a payoff financially if you can be a doctor. Like we need, that's what I want to see. I want to see more black doctors, right? But I not feel, just Ben Carson. I feel like, God forbid, I feel like white people... They don't want to give over that power, if that's the right word. Like, they're fine as long as we're their entertainers. But when we have a certain amount of power, clout, they just, they just can't give it up. Well, it's not easy. For me, that's my daily struggle. My sister, my friends, you. Like, people who are living in regular day life, we're not in entertainment, right? Mm -hmm. We're not in all these things that people, white people have anointed, like, okay, we'll let them shuck and jive. And, and I'm not diminishing people's skill, by the way. I don't want to say I'm diminishing your craft. I'm not. But let's call a thing a thing. We're fucking over-indexing in entertainment. All right? Mm. And real yeah. life is not entertainment. Right. Right. Right? And this is why every kid's on fucking YouTube and everybody's doing all this shit. But, like, hold up. I want to see doctors. There's a lot of black lawyers. That's fine. I want to see doctors. I want to see coders. I want to see that. We're, we are just as capable. But you know what? The people you're looking up to are in entertainment. You know, it's the basketball player. It's the football player. You know, even Oprah. Yeah, bless your heart. But it, it's, it's still you. You know, come on. It, it yeah, but I think it goes back to the, what is that, that double consciousness that um, W.E.D. Dubois th talked about? Like we also have white people's stereotype put on us and we reflect that too. That's true. That's true. So that has a lot to do with that. That has a lot to do with our mentality. Because, you know, if you try, if you act a certain way, like if you speak proper English, oh, you're trying to be white. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But it's, it's dangerous. And because we have like this moment and this rallying behind it, but it's really dominated by people entertainment, whether it's not the newscast or the media, it's dangerous. I am concerned for black people. I am concerned because it is now, you know, it's bad enough the white brainwashing, colonialism brainwashing, but we've now, you know, everyone's looking up and like, oh, Diddy, you know, I'm going to listen to Diddy and Charlemagne. What the fuck? Well, did you see Dave Chappelle? Yes, the eight minutes and 46 seconds. Right. Yeah. Now, Dave Chappelle was right. He said... The streets don't need me. They got this. He's right. Right. Like the people, the people have this. Kind of. Yes. Kind of. <laughs> I'm going to say kind of. Well, like they have it. If they can keep this momentum going until November. Because if y'all don't show up at the polls. Mm, mm, mm. Well, I mean, protesting on the outside is one thing. Listen to the thing. Nike. Let's talk right. about Nike. Nike, you can have Kaepernick in a video that was controversial. I'm sure the only reason why they did it was because they ran the analytics and they knew it would be in their favor to do it. Right. right? They wouldn't do it because that was their moral position. They did it because the data analytics showed that it was in their favor to do it, to take that risk mm -hmm. based on their audience, 
and their consumers. Their consumers, yeah. Yep. Now, they can celebrate Juneteenth, but let's talk about Nike as a company. Mm. How many black executives are there? Look okay. how many black executives are in within Nike. Where are the black employees in Nike? Are they where are they ranking? How are they getting hired? How are they getting promoted? Where are their careers looking? How are they getting paid? Are they getting paid equitably? Are they getting the right stock options? Look at all of that. Because I know because no company is good at this and all the mm-hmm. companies look the same and they're all shitty. How are you treating black people within your doors where you have the most control and ability to influence black lives? How are they actually being treated? How are black people being represented within Nike as an organization? Mm -hmm. It's bullshit. I know that numbers are bullshit. So let's call a thing a thing here, right? The black people in marketing, the black people in sales, the black people in product, the black people in IT. What does that look like in that company? Right. You're not going to tell us that. Well, that'd be interesting to have all these corporations or all these public public companies do is like put out who's who at their company. Come on. That's the real testament. That's where black lives are impacted every day. Right. Because everyone's not Our going income. to be. Yeah. Everyone's not going to be income. It's a job. How many black people have applied to Nike and have not even gotten an interview? Right. Your name is Kwame. Your name is Deshaun. Whatever. Well, or not. You don't even get the fucking interview because they don't like your name. Well, you know what? I know Adidas put out something like they were going to hire more blacks at the retail level. But I'm like at the retail level. What is that? Wipe my ass with that. That's bullshit. What is that? And then uh, my other issue with Nike is that they're based in Oregon. Now, Oregon, Oregon's original state constitution banned black people from the state. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many black people you're going to have out there anyway. What COVID has taught us is that we can all work remotely and companies go on just fine. Yeah. You have no excuse. We're all connected with these lovely internets. Yes, <laughs> Oregon is a very white state. And there's not going to be a lot of black people. Oh, by the way, black people live in other places. They can work remotely. Also, you have relocation packages. Yeah. You can fucking do it. So I want everyone to really chill. When you talk about black lives and all these entertainers, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I want to know how many black IT guys are there. How many right. black IT women are there? What levels are they? Are they all the entry level ones? How are they getting paid compared to their counterparts? Those are everyday black lives. That's everyday black lives. I just feel like right now, everybody's just kind of putting a Band-Aid on a situation. I don't even know it's a Band-Aid. I think everybody is looking the other way and pretending, you know, and and just pretending. I just feel like we're just pretending. I mean, you know what? I'm going to give it to you. It's a Band-Aid. People are donating. Yes. But donating, and I've said this already, throwing money at a a nonprofit or a for-profit, it's not going to change the problem. It's well, you know, I, I'm happy if these white people want to donate to the NAACP. I, Lord, praise them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But that's not going to change black lives. But my but the long we got to have a long term goal. Like, where do we get to the point where black people aren't getting arrested and we can just go on about our business and live our lives and live our lives well? Well, that's going to require. Listen, that cop in Minneapolis wouldn't have done that shit if he thought he would have been reprimanded and gotten in trouble for it. So it really comes down to, at a local level, what are the behaviors that are tolerated? Because we can make all these laws, right? Yeah. But it, it doesn't matter. And I'm going to give an example. When people get in a domestic violence situation 
and you get a restraining order. Do you know how many people get killed? How many women get killed when there's a restraining order out? That's just a piece of paper. That's not mm-hmm. going to change someone's behavior. So it's kind of a start. It's a gesture, really, to me. But it really comes down to, like, you have racist institutions and you have people there who are reinforcing it. What are you going to do? When are you going to actually make people accountable for the rules that are on the damn books? Right, Because there's right, shit that's right. on the books and you guys don't care. Eric Garner, the chokehold has been banned in New York for years and you kill him with the chokehold. So what are we talking about? Like the rules are there. The issue is not the rules. The, the issue is the people's behavior, the people allowing this. And then let's talk about something else. You saw, was it Albany or Buffalo? I think it was maybe Buffalo. Mm-hmm. They knocked over an old 75-year-old yes, white yeah, man. Yeah. And he's bleeding. And he has brain damage now those officers resigned of something 50 something resigned we're seeing police officers across the country resign so in response to saying hey police brutality is wrong stop unlawfully slaughtering black people the response is not like hey we're going to look into this we're going to change it they're like no fuck you fuck your black lives that's a huge statement all right yeah the media is not talking about i know that. i don't know if you saw that peter lynch of the new york city union what woo woo he was he's not taking no mess i didn't see it but We're, it's like a bunch of italians and irish and they're just like this is our we run this like there's no compromise so what did he say he what, what i don't understand he, what he well say. he's just like i should there's a video where he comes out and he's he made it sound like the cops are the victims of course. And that because, the, you know, the government doesn't have their back now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, fuck black lives. You guys don't matter. And I'm quitting my job. Because if you think your lives matter, fuck you. You don't matter. And you're not going to make me not murder you. I'm going to murder you at my leisure. Thank you. <laughs> so that's a huge statement in itself. Yeah. And no one's talking about that. I want to talk about blue lives matter. Oh, gosh. Are people still saying that? Girl, yes. I've heard black people say it. I've heard black cops say, blue lives matter. Oh, Lord. And I want people to know that there's no such thing as a blue life. There's no such thing as a blue life. Because it's a uniform. Mm. And you can put it on and take Mm -hmm. it off. Your blackness is not something that you can put on and take off. So there's no such thing as a blue life. And... Your lives are not at risk. People are not hunting police down and mistreating you. So it's a non-argument. But I've heard black cops say it. Black former cops say it. I'm conflicted because I have a black life and a blue life. Nigga, you don't have no blue life. (laughs) Well, when he's not in his uniform, he's got a black life. So because they don't care. No, they don't. Listen, I'm the yeah. black cops are just as yeah. bad, if not worse, is reinforcing the white supremacy. Absolutely. Well, yeah, that all, see, it all comes back to that. It all comes back to that. But you don't have a blue life. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. And you think that they treat you equally. To the, no, no, that brotherhood is shaky. That brotherhood is shaky. And I say that because I've had cops in my family. Mm-hmm. And like, say you have a cop in your family, they can give you like a PBA card or, or yeah. a FOP card. And if you get pulled over, they're supposed to kind of turn a blind eye and let you go, blah, blah. Now, if you're white or anything else that works for you, shit, that's shaky. I've had my yeah. whole life. Yeah. Sometimes they want to, sometimes they don't. I've had some real bad incidents. I don't want to talk about it on this episode, but I've had some fucked up incidents with police. Okay. 
with that card. And then, unfortunately, my cousin ended up working with these people later on. So I'm telling you, you need to be very careful as a black person getting caught up in any fraternity with, with white people when it comes to something like police, right? right. Like, you know, you, you got to be really careful because this is a little bit of brainwashes where you think that you're, you know, quote unquote brother, mm-hmm. but they'll turn on you on the dime and you're not seen as an equal. But don't, don't you think that also applies to black celebrities? Yes, yes. Like they think they have this past now. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I think they can say half of this tomfoolery that they say. Yeah, I've been really engaged on social media. Follow at Gabwick went on Twitter and Instagram. (laughs) I've been really engaged from the podcast, being very consistent, trying to, you know, gain my following, try to engage with people and also just seeing what people are saying and the celebrity voices and people listen to them and, and them being the voice of Black America. For Don Lemon, Mm. A reporter to say, where is Dave Chappelle? Who the fuck cares what Dave Chappelle thinks? Dave Chappelle is right. Yeah. He's right. The people got this. The streets right. got this. Now I'm, a, I'm, confu- I'm a little concerned because half the people are listening to celebrities. So that is part of the problem. Okay. A lot of those people are listening to celebrities. I need everyone to take a step back. And but think about what's, your what's, what do you, why do you need to listen to a celebrity? Either you're okay with black people getting killed or you're not. It's cut and dry. But I, yes, but I think it's also, people will say, you know, they're not with it. But I think it's like, what does that mean? And if the celebrities are telling you, don't vote for Joe Biden, the celebrities are also saying, you should do this, you should do that. Don't take advice from them. I'm not saying to ignore them. You can listen to whomever. But Mm -hmm. when you're really thinking about the actions that are going to impact your everyday life, they don't live in your world. Yeah. You pay them. Okay. You are a part of their income. All right. They have a business. They're part of the machine, baby. Yeah. And they're trying to get collect your dollars. All right. So don't think that they are your friends or have your best interest in mind, or what they're doing is smart because they have access to white people and money, they probably are undermining you as well. Mm. And they're also pushing their own agenda, right? Mm-hmm. So all of this stuff of like, you know, black creatives, and what's, and I'm not knocking it. I, I get it because that's their thing. But I want to hear other black voices. So unfortunately, again, Ben Carson ain't shit, so we no. don't have that. But like, I want to see... I want to see some black tech people. And you guys want to know, manufacturing is dead. Like, let me let me just break it down real quick for everybody to understand why Kanye's <laughs> upset about this. The blue collar shit that they barely gave us access to, and you know, to get a union job and to have like a you know regular regular nine to five check in job that you could have in Detroit and making cars, all that shit is done. Okay, that shit is all done. And all of you can't be dope boys. You can't all be in a gang. None of that. That doesn't amount to shit. All of the manufacturing sh- is done. And knowledge work is here. And the game has changed. And it's been honestly changed for over, over 30 years, to be honest. So, to actually be able to make it in America, the only thing America has right now is fucking tech. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Right? It, that's the yeah. only thing America has. It's, medicine, it, I guess. We barely got medicine. Okay? <laughs> so... If you want to make it, it's STEM. 
It has to be STEM, straight up. And that doesn't mean if you're in STEM that you have to be the scientist, blah, blah, blah. But just the way shit is going, you need to equip yourselves with the knowledge of science. Yeah, those are the real weapons. That's what it is, okay? The world is shut on the blue-collar shit, working in a bank as a teller, all that shit. That's just a life of poverty, baby. I'm sorry. If you want to work at a car dealership, if you want to work a secretary, receptionist, all that stuff, that's generally a life of poverty. You're just scraping by and you're just trying to make it. And there's nothing wrong with those jobs. But I think we need to really think about, okay, if we want that upward mobility, if you want your children to do better, we got to encourage the STEM work. We got to encourage it, right? And you have to go into it. And you can't aspire to be a YouTube star and you can't aspire to be a rapper or an influencer. Yeah. You know, or IG Instagram model, Instagram ho. Like (laughs) this is, that's what I do on the side, girl. Don't knock it. That can't be your real aspiration because first of all, Instagram model, IG ho shit, all the social media stuff is very quick. It's very fleeting. So yeah. Yeah. Short term. Yeah, it's like span. you're yeah. hot for a second and then you're not. Your beauty girls, I'm sorry. Listen, I'm not knocking you using your leveraging your beauty to get you what you want. I think it makes sense. But you got to also understand that's a short game too. So think about the long game, right? These celebrities are not talking to us about this. They're just trying to make their money and do yeah. it. But everybody can't do what they're doing. And you need to recognize that you're not going to be able to do that. True, true. So, so what's, your real, what's your real thing going to be? What's your real aspiration going to be? When you're in school now, let me tell you guys, when you're taking a foreign language, you better take Chinese. You better learn <laughs> some Mandarin. You better take Mandarin. That's important because China is the, is the damn world's tool power right now, to be honest. Yeah, that's for sure. But let's call it the next one if you want to say that. But China is the world's superpower. So you better learn some Mandarin. You're competing with kids in China, and they don't have the problem that we have where we don't value education. They value education very much and push their children to but do well I, in school. I, will have to, I do have to say about Americans that we beat out the Chinese is that we have, we're creative. We are, which is good, but we over-index sometimes on it. But I think, I think if we can, we have to be able to channel our creativity into things that end up being very resourceful for our country. Yeah. Because I think that's that's China's problem. They're not creative and they're communists, so they can't really be creative. They can't really think out of the box. Americans, we can. But what China's good at, they don't have to. They're good at duplication. So that's true. That's true. Want, and they'll make it even better than what you created and cheaper. Okay? So And then you're going to want to buy what they made. That's so good. that's cool. <laughs> but... You know, what worked for you in the past doesn't always mean it's going to work for you in the future. That shit is how it used to be. And the way things are going now, these kids are, you know, these Chinese kids, they're up on the game. They they come, you know, when I was in college until this day in grad school, half the students were international students from China. They, yeah. they, they were international students from China. Their parents send them here to learn the American way, learn the American mentality, and they take it home. They don't want to stay here. They take it back home. So, well, I guess the... I guess what I want to ask, like, who's in charge of conveying this message to our young people? Well, it's got to start with the parents. It has to always start at home. Who mm. else is going to do it? If it doesn't start at home, how else is going to happen? Yeah. How, you know, it has to start at home. So, look, 
to bring it back to Juneteenth, I said happy Juneteenth and people should totally celebrate and especially in light of everything going on in 2020. Right. We all should celebrate. So, you know, take the time to learn about it, read up about it. If you can do something in the community for black people to help, you should do so. I think that makes the most sense, you know, to commemorate it. Yeah. However, I want to take the lesson of, I said it was bittersweet for people to have been free for two and a half years and not known mm-hmm. is heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, yeah. right? Slaving away and not knowing any better. And I unfortunately feel like we're still in that same place mm-hmm. in 2020 in modern day times. You may not be on a plantation literally, yeah, but figuratively we are still on a plantation and people's eyes are closed and there are blinders on. Yes, yes. And you're looking to the slave master, you're looking to the celebrities who are black, whoever or not, you're looking to these rich, wealthy 1% people to tell you that you're free and they're not. They're going to sit there and milk it as long as they can. Yeah. They're going to milk it until as long as they can. So I want to caution people with Juneteenth. We are still in very similar situations parallel situations to those slaves in Galveston Texas no I guess it's I guess it's like what's our goal after Juneteenth what do you mean well like what is our goal as a people after Juneteenth well everyone you can't say what is our goal everyone has different goals the one percent the celebrities have their goals to continue to be rich that's what their goal is that's what their goal is Mm -hmm. so and they're black and that's what they want that's their goal so that's not everybody's goal you're going to have the Ben Carsons, the Candace Owens of the world. Ugh. They're going to be doing their stuff. Right? Candace so, Owens doesn't count. She doesn't exist to me. She does. She does. And there are a lot of black conservatives who, you know, follow her rhetoric. So they're going to be black. You're going to have the people following Takashi 69 and who just want to rap and, you know, kids who just want to get fucked up and they don't care. Okay. Um, isn't he half Mexican? He's not black at all. But Okay. Um, so, I, again... But black people are attributed to his, his success and why he's popular. You have Nicki Minaj, who's married to a pedophile and supports pedophiles all the time. <laughs> so I think we just need to realize it's not we. There isn't any we. We're disjointed. I don't care what oh. the fuck Al Sharpton said. I don't care. Yeah. Or Messy Jesse. Like, don't, none of those people are going to have an objective that's aligned with me. Mm-hmm. it's not so I don't I don't think it has shit to do with what we want to do I think it comes down to the streets and people in the streets educating themselves and again don't now start following all people on Instagram with all these conspiracy theories that COVID's fake and all this shit oh. like what? that's like a lot of black Instagram is like COVID is you know man made and it's it's fake and it's a military state and all types of bullshit like listen you gotta oh my gosh you're not on social media so you don't see all the shit no, nope, you gotta read. You know, I'm just, I'm moving my hands, you guys, like swimming, like the breaststroke. <laughs> you gotta just push all the water out the way. You gotta you gotta just have to really, really triage yeah. so much because all skin folk ain't kin folk. Yeah, and no I distractions. can't stop telling you that. I can't stop telling you that all skin folk ain't kin folk. I see this on so many levels. So yes, we need to be united. And I don't want us to, I don't want to be divisive, but I want you to question things, be critical thinkers, independent thinkers, and really think about a regular person who, you know, you're not going to be the president. 
you're not going to be, you know, some rich comedian. You're mm-hmm. not going to be if you're just a regular person living a regular life where you want to say you just want to see if you're working class and you want to get to the middle class, say you're middle class and you want to get, you know, your low middle class, you want to be upper middle class, say you're middle class and you're trying to, you know, you're just trying to just maintain or do a little bit better for the next generation. That means you're not going to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. And so you got to think about regular ass people objectives. You know, how do you get create an equal playing field so that you have an opportunity to get a job that pays you equitably, mm-hmm. that gives you the stock options and 401k, all those things that can help create generational wealth for your children so that you're not paying out of pocket. You need to think about, okay, how do I get my child access to the best education you know, possible? If you don't have a good education in your school district, are there ways that you can get them into additional extracurricular programs? Right, right. Things like that to help round them out, right? You know, right. like a Kumon type type of thing. How are you doing things to equip your children to advance past you, you know, to be able to do well, right. give them the broad experiences. Right. You got to think about those things. I don't give a fuck with these celebrities are not thinking about it. They can pay their way. They can pay to go to private school. And yeah. Private school. You can't. Yeah. I think, I think what you're trying to say is like individually, we have to think of way. what's the next step after these protests that will allow us to progress. You have to think about realistic things that, like, impact daily lives, right? Yeah. And a lot of that, you know, it's not all voting, you know, but, you know, it's also going to your town hall meeting, but it's also doing research, right? Like, hey, what, you know, you don't live in a Blue Ribbon School district, blah, blah, blah. Shit, do you have the means to move to a better school district? Right. How could you do that? How can you get some type of government assistance program if it's FHA, some local things for you to be able to move and, you know, get a property or something in a place that has a better school system. How can you improve your your wages or access to wages so you can do more? Things like that. You know, that's what you're really going to have to look at. And then as an individual level, but then as a white people level, (laughs) because of the people of power, like, you know, there really has to be, I don't think it's fair for people to look at black people for the answers. How are we going to fix racism when we didn't create it? Right, right. Well, you know, it's just when they start busing black kids or Latino kids to these little fancy neighborhoods in Brooklyn, are you going to get upset or are you going to welcome them in? But that, but listen, it doesn't, that doesn't work. Like the busing, this shit that they're talking about as a person who I wasn't bused, but as a person who moved to New Jersey and ended up being in a school system that was predominantly white, you're just going to create a very traumatic situation for these mm. black and brown children, right? That's all you're doing. You're creating fucking trauma that they're going to have to endure being a minority in these white areas. That's all you're creating. It's not leveling out because the problem is that those white teachers are going to be treating the children poorly. They're going to be Amy Coopers. You have the problems that you have an Amy Cooper who's a teacher, who's a principal, oh yeah. who's a security guard. That's the real problem that we're not addressing. Okay. So mm-hmm. It's more than like, okay, what are we going to do beyond Juneteenth? It's like, yo, how are white people going to check each other and accountable for your racist ass behavior? How are you going to get white people in positions of power who are not fucking Amy Coopers? 
because that's the real problem. Yeah, that's the real struggle. Because like I think like because like I said, I don't think they can ever admit that they are racist. So this is where we're going to continue to struggle, right? Because yeah. black people are trying to figure out our shit. We can, our shit is one thing, but the people who have the influence and exert the authority over us and pay us and hire us and have all the influence that rent to us, the landlord, any of those things who sell you the car generally are going to be not black. Right. And until that behavior changes, that's fine. But black people cannot demand, you know, we can't, and it's not fair. We can't say black people demand that you change your behavior and then it's a magic wand. Right. It's right. the white allies need to step in. You need to come in this conversation and say what you're going to do to change it. Mm-hmm. It's not us. It's yeah, you. we all got some work to do. What are you going to do? Because it's you. How are you going to change the system and make your brothers and your sisters and your cousins and your colleagues and, and your frat boys accountable to changing their behavior? It's yeah. you. It's not us. There's nothing we can ask. So we're going to make. Here's a list of demands, white folks. <laughs> now, let us know when you're done not being racist. Yeah. A lot of people can't do that. And so white people need to take an active role. Right. You know? But, they, you know, they talk a good game, the allies. Mm-hmm. But action wise. Allies, you have work to do. And the yeah. work is beyond picketing and marching. Well, see, that's I think that's what frustrates me because that's and that's why there's so many celebrities out there because that's cute to put on your Instagram page. Mm-hmm. But are you do you sincerely believe that you need to you and if you do believe it, you need to know it's beyond that. Right. Like, it's how are you going to be proactive about it? How are you going to bring it into your schools and into your home, into your workplace? Uh, a white guy I work with, I'll say a Jewish guy I work with, reached out to me this week. And I actually, I really like this guy and I know he has a good heart. So I was, I'm not, I wasn't even concerned about him, but he reached out to me and he's like, look, if you don't want to talk about this, you don't have to. So he's like, if I'm out of turn, let me know and we can drop it. He's like, cause honestly, if people came trying to talk to me about the Holocaust, I'd be like, what the fuck? Right. So right. I said, I said, no, don't worry. I'm, I'm totally open and honest. I was like, don't worry. I'm, I'm happy to have a conversation with you. So he is like, what, what can we do? He's like, what, what can we do? He's like, what can I do? And he wasn't talking about just like outside. He was talking about like in work and stuff like that. Okay. And he mentioned to me that he had um, you know, a role open on his team. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, should I go to HR and ask them to, I need to tell them I need a black person interview. And, you know, he told me what his interview state looked like. It was, you know, you could say it was quote-unquote diverse. He had white woman, Asian man, Asian woman, da-da. And I said, it doesn't hurt. I said, yeah, you can say you want more diverse candidates and you you want someone. And I said, key thing here, make sure they're qualified. I said, I don't want uh, okay. someone just being put through it so you can check the box right, that right. you have a black person. Everybody listen, the devil's in the details. All of this stuff can be manipulated. All right. And then black people don't get shit. So mm-hmm. I said, it needs to be a person who's truly qualified. And I said to him, you need to understand what tends to happen. I said, one, the recruiters and not, not in my company in general, just, just across the country, you get a stack of resumes. There's someone who's the sourcer recruiter, who's kind of filtering through it before it even gets to the hiring manager. So you don't even know 
who was in that pile and what criteria mm. they used mm-hmm. to filter it. Mm-hmm. Was it a name that looked too ethnic? Did uh, did people's resume get to the top of the pile because they're, you're doing a favor, they're known by people? You, you don't know. So that's one thing. And then yeah. I said, by the time it finally gets to you as a hiring manager, I said, then the next thing becomes when you go through that this, that interview slate where people are different people are interviewing them, is it truly equitable in terms of the questions being asked or is it structured, right? Like is everybody being asked the same questions in the same order so that you can really assess them apples to apples mm-hmm. or is it that someone comes in, oh, you went to the same school. Oh, you know, the same people. So you start shooting the shit and you feel comfortable with this person. And it's even less about whether or not they're qualified or not, but you just have a certain affinity or camaraderie with them. Right. And I said, and a lot of times, nine out of 10, let's, let's say eight out of 10 times to be fair, people hire people because they feel an affinity or some type of camaraderie. Right. And it's really not about the meritocracy or the skill or the talent. So I said, as long as you can be self-aware, and I said systems are put in place where we can eliminate bro culture, where yeah. people are, you're, you know, you're in this whole brotherhood or, you know, familiarity, and it really becomes an equal opportunity place. Then I said, you pick who's most qualified. And I said, if that person happens to not be the black person, that's okay. Because I'm not saying you have to hire black, but let us be really clear about all of the little nuances, the micro ejections, the right. pitfalls. This is what impacts black people. You know what I mean? And let me tell you, this man was great. He was like, thank you. He's like, wow. He's like, I get it. He's like, because you're saying if you can't even get in the door and can't get hired, and that's happening across the country, right. like, that's impacting generational wealth of black people. Right. But see, at least he had the sense enough to ask the right questions. I'm applauding that man. Yeah. yeah. People, people don't make that connection. I didn't have to spoon feed him. He got it. Yeah. He, he got it. And it was real. And I've had conversations with different people, not just white, Indian people, Chinese people. I've had like wild conversations I can talk about on different episodes. I'll pepper them through. And this man got it. But I think as a country, we can't address that little thing I talked about. Hey, the resume is an applicant tracking system. Apply through LinkedIn. You apply through whatever. They mm-hmm. get thousands of resumes in. Yeah. Uh, they, it, it scans the resume, right? It might scan your name. But besides that, there's also a human there. And what is that human thinking? Is that human looking, mm, this name is too ethnic. It's too black sounding. Right. So you don't even make the pile, right? Are, is there nepotism, right? Is there favoritism where someone else is, oh, you know, my friend's friend I went to college with, that kid's paper goes on it. Does it even get in the hiring manager's hand, right? Right. That's step one. Then step two, what are the biases of the hiring manager? Is the hiring manager, that's it. Then the hiring manager, there's probably, you know, for me, I always interview with multiple people. I When I interview people, it's, you know, you're never just the one person, right? So what is each person's bias, blah, blah, blah. And at right. the end, People tend to hire on a comfort level. Right. They, they feel comfortable. Black people are seen as a threat no matter where you are. You walk into a building, you think you're a threat. Mm, you know, it, it, there's always apprehension about you. So because of this unconscious bias or conscious bias. Yeah. So th- this is why black people where we are like, you, you guys just think that we're a bunch of fucking buffoons. That's not what it is. We are scrutinized at yeah. every juncture. 
and the Everything. odds are stacked against you. Yeah. The odds are just stacked against you. So let's talk about how you rectify those odds. But it can't be black people, right? Because we're not the ones putting the obstacles like a right. gladiator. It's you doing it. <laughs> you set up the obstacle course. So you right. need to help dismantle it because you're the one who actually set up the obstacle course. But how many white people do you think are going to have, like, have an open discussion like the gentleman? So few. He's the only person, probably the only person I work with who's like that, who I could have a conversation like that yeah. with. Yeah. You know, but he gets it. Well, the first way, I guess the best way is what your coworker did is we got to talk about it. Yeah. And it's got to be a real discussion. It can't be the discussion like, oh, I read all these books. You like me, right? No, it's got to be like, <laughs> how are we actually going to implement change? Yeah, that was the first thing the man said to me. He's like, so what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. That's right, action. That's yeah. what it is. Huh, the battle. Listen, the revolution is being televised. Yes, it is. The revolution is being Instagrammed and TikToks and Twitter. I just hope we don't have a short attention span. <laughs> we need to keep, and this is not time to be funny, we need to keep the foot on the next of the white people. Mmm. Touche. We, we do. We can't allow it to be used as a PR and marketing scheme for companies. Right. We right. can't allow it. And you need to figure out, listen, everybody can protest. Everybody can, everyone plays their part. So you figure out what your role is in all of this. Right. Figure out what your role is. I'm partially a messenger of this podcast. I'm hoping is helping people think a little bit differently. Yeah. And or just think for yourselves. Yeah. You know, I think that's what you're asking. Just think for yourselves. Think for yourself. Don't just be spoon fed stuff and take it as truth. Yeah. Don't you don't have to take me as a truth. Listen to different perspectives and come to the conclusion that makes the most sense. That's really steeped in the reality of your situation as a black person in America. Right. And I'm not saying people can't have dreams. Like I know y'all want to dream. But look, everybody can't be Beyonce. <laughs> Everybody's not going to be LeBron. Yeah. And that IG model career is only going to be so long. Do people actually get paid off of that? Yeah, they do. Oh. So I just want us to kind of just be really thoughtful. And, you know, from the ally perspective, you have work to do. Right. Well, it kind of goes back to the labels. Like, Nike and Adidas and they can change the labels. They can put on that black square, but you got to do some work. And same thing with the ally. You can label yourself as an ally, but what are you actually going to do? And that remains yet to be seen. I have one last comment that I think I'm going to give you guys one tip as an ally. The best thing you could do right now, like outside of, you know, obviously you have to do all the work for police brutality, things like that. But I'm always thinking of socioeconomic preservation and growth for black people because mm -hmm. a lot of our issues are that we're, just, we're always in survival mode and it's like we got to get out of survival mode and so to get out of survival mode you need to have some level of wealth and in, in money you do so the one thing though as an ally you can do non-black ally so i don't care if you're latino i don't care if you're asian middle eastern native american well not if you're native american you can but you're chitting we we very neck and neck with the fucked up shit going on. <laughs> so, um, or if you're white, you need to share your salary with hmm. your black colleagues. Now, I might just open a can of worms. Yeah. Because Oof. black people, you're going to be mad. <laughs> you're going to be big mad. You're going to be big mad. 
but you same white people sharing the salaries and your wages, whatever it is, you know, whatever you want to call it. Share that information, not just your base, your bonus, everything. Share everything that you got. If you got a sign on, anything that they ever gave you, share that with black people. Hmm. Okay? And then see the disparities. Now, black people, I know you want to go. But white people, you need to speak up and say, how come I'm getting paid more than that person? Mm-hmm. You got to put yourself on the line. Now, don't be afraid. Like, oh, no, they're going to take my money away. They're not going to take your money away. But you got to speak up for that. I'm telling you, it's going to go further when you do it. The black person can go into the, but you need to, the black person can go in and say, you know, I heard this, blah, blah. But you as a white person need to be like, right, hey, right. I am doing this person, same job, you know, as this person, or they have more experience than me, blah, blah. How am I getting paid more? Listen, Gwen dropping a bomb at the last minute of this yeah. episode. But I'm telling you, that right there is going to have a domino effect on some shit got to change. Yeah. And, I, you know, that also helps women, too. Absolutely. That would help everybody if we had a little transparency. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because you're probably going to see everybody's getting paid low across the board except for the few at the very top. Mm-hmm. You know, or you might be like, damn, this white dude's making... So- how? How? How small? Yeah, Exactly. Right? And let them explain to you why you're not. People need to be very transparent with money. We don't like to do that, but you should. Oh, you know what? But that's that's a that's an American thing across the board. Nobody likes to talk about money. We don't teach people how to handle money. So that whole that whole culture needs to change. Yeah, because now you're going to force the conversation. It's okay. Well, why is this woman? You know, why is this man? Why is this person of this ethnicity about? What's the justification for people getting paid the way they do? Right. I'm going to say another thing. If you're a black employee, group of black employees, if you have an affinity group, get together. You need to demand that they do some analytics on pay equity. You also need them to demand that they do analytics on hire, fire, retention, promotion rates of black people compared to other groups. Split it by black men, black women. You, You really need them to do the real data analytics to show where you are. Because a few years ago, I don't even hear them talking about it anymore. In Silicon Valley, they all, they had to do some reports. I think Google, some of them did do it. And mm-hmm. they're like, you know, we know we have work to do. We can't find black people. <laughs> like, I think there's a number that's low, but I also know black people who are in STEM who have a very hard time getting hired or getting jobs. My sister is in STEM and she has a friend who has like a PhD in like biochemistry and like, bright ass black people they have struggled and they got you know okay jobs making okay money they've had a really hard time and they had to struggle for that yeah and I'm like shouldn't you all be scooping them up shouldn't you be scooping them why are you not getting scooped up right so even when people black people do all the right things and do it the system's so fucked up where you can't even get the foot in the door Mm -hmm. I think that's the problem the foot in the door you can't even get the foot in the door like I said, I, I don't want to put everything on black people, you know, bootstraps, all that. I, if that's what you took away from this podcast, then you weren't listening. Because that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying there are things that we can do, of course, because there's always room for improvement. But I'm really putting a lot of the onus on the allies. The system was created by you and your ancestors and your bloodline. And you're still benefit from it. And yeah. even if you came here and you're like, oh, well, I'm from Poland and I did it. You're benefiting from it and you have bought into it. Okay? Yeah. You benefit and you behave in that same way. Challenge 
your peers, challenge your homeboys, challenge your family. You are the ones who are going to have to dismantle it. Exactly. The the one who came to Galveston and told them they were free, who told the black people they were free, he told on, you know, he told on his white brethren. The black people didn't know they were free. Come on. I know. We got some work to do. I don't want anyone to be discouraged. You know, I like to end this on a positive note. I don't want people to be discouraged. We're having dialogues and there's a momentum here that hasn't been, honestly, since the 60s. So, mm. in 50 years. Mm-hmm. 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 So, we need to acknowledge that. And like I said in the other episode, be proud. African Americans should be proud of pushing this forward, pushing this dialogue. Yeah. Across the world, not just in America. Because like I said, there is world in galore. Okay? <laughs> so, we got to keep going. And one last shout out. Shout out to Gen Z. I said this on Twitter. Mm. Shout out to Generation Z, not millennials, okay? Because the people who are on the front lines getting arrested and who are really out there are people who are under 25. Yeah. Okay? And that's Gen Z. So I'm super proud of Gen Z because I'm technically a stupid-ass millennial. But I think really it is great to see that they are carrying the baton and pushing it forward and not saying no and not taking no for an answer and putting themselves on the line. So shout out to Gen Z. A lot of people don't realize that millennials is not everybody who's under 40. It cuts off like basically anyone born after 1995 is Gen Z. Mm -hmm. So shout out to them because, you know, I've contributed to bail funds and stuff like that. And listen, these kids are born in 2000. Yeah, I can't believe I'm that old. (laughs) But um, I don't want to talk about that here. But yeah, shout out to Gen Z for really being on the front lines and not taking no for an answer and continuing. They're doing big things, baby, but we got to keep it up. We got to keep it up. And I think everyone needs to figure out how to do things in your own local level beyond sharing stuff on social media. Right. Like I said, yes. if, you're in a company, yeah. if you're in a company, congregate as a group, your black employees, the allies come together make demands of your company. And I know you feel like, hey, we just have happy to have a job because it's COVID. Mm, but mm-hmm, Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter. Black Lives Matter when they're alive, when, you know, unfortunately when we're murdered. But Black Lives Matter and don't let them sweep it on the rug and ignore it. No. Preach, Gwen. Listen, I know I've been yelling on these podcasts. Sorry, you guys. But I feel passionately about this. I feel- it's for your own good, people. I feel very passionately about this. It is crazy that we're still here. I know. From the 1960s. Yeah. 2020. 2020. 2020 is wild, y'all. And it ain't even over yet. Ah, God, we got to take it day by day in 2020. So, look, it's been real it's been great keep hope alive everybody yes we're relying on you guys yeah black lives matter black lives matter that's right don't get it twisted yes say it you know say it loud say it proud yep i'm black and i'm proud hello (laughs) hello say it for the people in the back okay so thank you miss slim for coming as always i gotta come through for the big holiday I know. And listen, you guys, the first episode of this podcast was recorded on MLK Day two years ago. Oh, you're right. Yes. Yes. 
So, so we're making history again. Yes, we say blackly black, black, black. Okay? <laughs> we say blackly black, black, black up in this bitch. All right. So <laughs> stay black. Okay. Stay, stay black. black and proud. Yep. Stay black. And that's, I don't, should, what is, should that be the title? Stay black? Stay black and proud? Maybe. You'll figure. I kind of like devils in the details. But I feel like, have you used that one before yet? No, I haven't. Okay. I haven't. You should say the white devils in the details. <laughs> teach these devils. <laughs> oh, God. Listen, white people don't get offended. A lot of times we're joking. We're being facetious. Oh, my God. Let me put that caveat out there. We're, we're not. Um, who are those black men who are usually outside the subway? The five percenters or the the black Israelites? That's what Oh, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. You see up in Harlem? <laughs> yes. With little bow ties on? Oh, God. <laughs> Black people are so funny. We are funny people, I swear. So, um, yeah, the devil's in the details. Mm -hmm. you know, parentheses, white devil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll listen to it and see what the theme is. I don't yes, know. yes, you'll um, figure it out. Oh, my God. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Till next time. Peace. Happy Juneteenth. Yay. Peace out. <laughs>